Hurt goes away when listening to Better Buddies. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's Super Financier James. Hello. And John, his left right hand man. Uh, yeah, hi. James has a monocle this week. Oh, I used to have a monocle. I lost it, though. What happened to your monocle? Wasn't that like your grandma's monocle or something? No, it was my cousin's grandma's monocle. Oh, um, that's better. Yeah, so. So it didn't I don't fit. Know. <laughs> My dad's college roommate's friend's <laughs> nephew's Arbor's monocle. <laughs> hey, it had a history, probably. Probably <laughs> like J.P. Morgan or something. You know, that's uh, that's what we should do. We should all three of us collectively become um, the next great bankers of the United States. I think. What, like we're gonna be right. stacked up in a trench coat? <laughs> yeah! 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 <laughs> So J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan was apparently like in in his day and age, he was like super tall because he was like six two. Hello, the average yes, height. we are the tallest banker. Give us the money. Yeah, yeah, can intimidate people. Like that's what he did, and we can wave a cane around. Oh my god, Same. we should totally do that. Alternatively, we could be the next hit History Channel show. <laughs> oh, wow, would we be the Undercover next History banker. Channel? Yes. Oh. Undercover banker. I got a guy who's an expert on bankers. Let me get him in here and check you out. Oh, I, I see. Yeah, it's like a Pawn Stars thing, right? It's... Right. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> an expert banker. Hello, I'm banker. Hello, hey, yes, big, I am a real banker here to help you manage your bank. I'm just Buy picturing a... Stock. Yeah. Just picturing a Shane Top improv bit. Hello, I am banker. <laughs> Hello, I am banker. You need to buy real estate. Hello, I have heard real estate is a good investment. <laughs> yes, that exact one. <laughs> 401k. <laughs> I am in constant pay. <laughs> uh, he's so funny. Give right. me your money. Be <laughs> money, please. So sexy. <laughs> I'm sorry, RJ has no idea what we're talking. No, about. I have absolutely no clue. Oh, so I will. Boring. I'll find you the clip for later. Oh, you Our have to. Better buddies icebreaker this week. What technology is ruining the future and how? Oh, uh, and on social media before James takes it. Dang it! Got, got well, how? Son. Yeah, and the stole. how is that social media is feeding into the attention economy as. Uh, hindered and helped as well by streaming services and TikTok. TikTok social media, right? Sure. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And in social media's impact includes the instant gratification problem, the need to always be entertained, and the inability to step away from that dopamine hit, which leads to incessant dopamine hits, which means you need more dopamine to hit that hit high again. Which is why you're constantly scrolling on Facebook and TikTok, hoping the next video will make you feel as good as that first one did. Dang, dude. 
Like laying it down. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason delayed gratification can be satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the rest of the Silicon Valley funky bunch did not deserve that kind of whipping that you just gave them, RJ. <laughs> Robot man Mark Zuckerberg is uh, going to fail with Meta. Hey, n- I mean, what Meta is, Meta is a multi-billion. Meta is like a hundred plus billion dollars. It's like an eight hundred billion dollar project that is going down the drain. The Metaverse will fail. Meta is not going to fail. I mean, if Metaverse drags it down with it. They'll cut it off before that happens. Metaverse has 38 active users, last I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and a bad idea that nobody wanted. In. <laughs> what are you talking about? One day, I will attend my daughter's wedding in the Metaverse. People have bought and... real estate in the Metaverse, and it's you, worthless. You will have yeah. to pay to attend your daughter's wedding in the Metaverse. <laughs> I gladly will, all right? Welcome to Ready I... Player One, James. <laughs> Once... Once my man, right, once I get my money back from FTX uh, <laughs> and Mr. Sam Bankman free or never fly or whatever, again. <laughs> I will have so much cashola in the digital realm that I'll be, I will be the next JP Morgan, um, but it'll be spelled in a gamer way, you know? I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> XX JP Morgan XX. XX JP M0 RG4N. XX69 Weed Smoker XX (laughs) Super cool Um, Yeah that's That's what'll happen (laughs) Um, Yeah so get ready son uh, Because it's coming alright You you just wait my my boy is going to be Vindicated alright Just ignore all of his donations Ignore where they all went alright He didn't do anything wrong Fuck you. <laughs> hey. Zuckerberg can go gonna... piss up a rope. Zuckerberg? I was talking about Sammy. But yeah, Zuckerberg, I mean... Sammy? Sammy Sam, did you hear about the, the crypto thing oh, that happened? SFB like, or whatever the fuck? FTX, yeah. yeah. I am yeah. not, actually. Please oh, provide oh. background context. Uh, crypto blew up bad. Yeah, it's like... So I'm in okay, I'm like I'm really I only know about this kind of from hearsay and I've done like a little bit of reading on crypto. What I know there's like there are these places called crypto exchanges, which are kind of like stock markets slash like swap floors, like trading markets where you can like exchange your crypto in a secure way for like other crypto or for real world money, maybe. Um and one of the largest ones or two, there's Binance, uh then there's F there was FTX and FTX was run by this guy. I think his name was Samuel Bankman Fried or Freed or something. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And he basically um he had an insane amount of money, like tens of billions of dollars yeah. uh flowing through FTX. And because of something where he he was like moving um basically he was moving investors' money without them knowing this. Uh to like some other company or s- someone that he was affiliated with and um he was basically assuming i think that it was going to be quickly replaced or not noticed or blah 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 something happened where binance was this other trading whatever was looking at like doing a partnership or doing some swaps with them and basically got really spooked because they looked at the books 
and basically gave FTX like a super bad rating. People panicked. They pulled all their shit out. Um, but before that could happen, like something happened with the value of FTX. Just it totally dropped and they lost everything, like billions of dollars gone. His his net worth went from like, I don't know. It was something ridiculous between like 10 and like 40 billion dollars to like under a million to like a dollar to nothing in the span of like two days. <laughs> Good um, Lord. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like pretty big and he's donated to a lot of like major political parties in the United States. And like, he's just like, he's in a lot of trouble cause he can't get like these, these he's filed for chapter 11 and he's not going to get any of this money back. There's no way. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if there's speculation that like this other crypto like exchange might've like just thrown shade at them because they were like a rival. And then this panic just happened and it kind of turned out that there was like some stuff going on that wasn't good or I don't really know all that stuff to me is like very convoluted. And I think uh, like, I understand it. There was mutual investment in between the two companies, like between the like guy, like, so he invested in their company and the person who ran that one invested in his. And just like, it's, yeah. I think, yeah, something spooked them. Um, but anyway, long story short. Yeah. So it's like, it's been like kind of big um, because like, because a lot of the, current elite uh or like wealthy members of society are like buying more and more into like crypto at least some of them like will stand to lose a lot of money although the money that was lost was not from wealthy people which is why a lot of people are saying like he's really getting that much trouble because if he was like if he had lost a lot of wealthy people's money he would be <laughs> in he'd be deep. done yeah he, he would we probably uh, have an accident in his cell Yes. Much like Jeff yeah, yeah. yeah, he would get oh, for sure. No, he strangled himself with his own two hands. Physiologically you... impossible, you say? Well, not with Sammy. <laughs> he could do a lot <laughs> of Sammy things. Sammy was a special boy. Sammy could he do, do anything. Things. He could do many things you would find unbelievable. It turned out he, he had a prior job in a circus, dollars. crushing things with his bare hands. <laughs> The amazing strangulo is what they call them. <laughs> he could strangle a chicken in 30 himself. seconds flat. It was amazing. It was crazy. He asked for a volunteer now, out of the audience. Now, and then yeah. the amazing revival would come in and save them afterwards. Yeah, oddly always the woman revival that looked like his mother quick, nobody though. ever had. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Odd of amazing things, Sammy. But he's dead now. Anyway, and the <laughs> Of you, the G. We getting lunch for today? Yeah. Hey, hey, who's up for lunch? Uh, okay. So, John, what tech do you think is ruining the future, and how? Um, I would strongly echo uh, social media for the reasons that you presented. Cool. Um, there's also just like a lot of money in it. And yeah. social media adds value. There's a lot of like venture capital and things that don't add value. True. So there's just a lot of tech companies that get set up, get paid a lot of money, and then fail. So it's kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of layoffs going on right now in like yeah. tech. They're like mm -hmm. calling a lot of positions. It's great for us because we're hiring. But nice. uh, yeah, like Elon Musk bought Twitter and cut thirty percent of the staff. Um, Twitter Meta wasn't doing too well before, though, wasn't it? Nope. <laughs> That's why he was able to buy it. 
and why he huh. had to buy it. Because he signed a contract. <laughs> yeah. That has not <laughs> gone over well from what I understand. No. But. Really? What do you mean? He's have you, just. Have you not like, heard he laid off. 30% of the company, he, like, changed up the verification system, and now there's, like, a bunch of impersonator accounts um, impersonating, like, actual brands. Such as Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh. Or, like, I remember seeing one news article where somebody changed their name to be, like, a, an insulin company, basically, or a pharmaceutical company, and said, like, oh, insulin is free now. And yeah, yeah, the stock in those companies dropped out from underneath because everybody's like oh we're not gonna make money on this anymore gotta switch so yeah now twitter's on the line for all that bad publicity that uh came from them allowing impersonators do you think his goal is to like well one okay do you think he has a plan or do you think this is like i don't think think he has a plan i think this is like the hyperloop where he promised something super cool futuristic and it's really just a tunnel for cars. The Hyperloop was just such a bad idea from the start. Like, concrete grave with no exit tunnels? Sign me up. Oh, boy. Woo! Okay. <laughs> Let's just close that off okay. in an action movie. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the tunnels out of Gotham in Dark Knight last movie. <laughs> right. I, yes. The entire sewer kingdom living under Gotham City. Where the yeah, police lived. <laughs> Get down there and smoke them out. <laughs> <laughs> what a um, movie. <laughs> no, I wonder almost if, like, I don't know if he, like, I don't think he has a plan. He's one of those guys where I wouldn't be surprised if he did, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Um, I almost wonder, though, if he, like, if he's in, if he's either consciously or unconsciously trying to basically shake everything out of Twitter that, like, remotely resembles an institution and just turn it into, like, a Wild West platform where, like, anything goes. Like, I, I don't know... Because a lot of this stuff, it seems like... I don't know. The difficult thing is, like, I think I've said it before, but Twitter's kind of the only vector for, like, quickly dispersed information in terms of social media. Like, I don't know where other people would... Like, where TikTok. people would go. that. TikTok. TikTok. I, don't think, I don't think TikTok would work. Like, as a video format, maybe, but, like, making brand announcements. Okay, or... but, like, they're just going to do what they did to Instagram mm. and, like, start posting pictures of words. And they'll just post videos of the words that they want to tell you. I, I, oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen. It's gonna the last happen. thing, the last thing been, like, studies that the, the youngest generation on the internet use TikTok more than they use Google to look things up. What, what? the fuck? To, like, how to do something, yeah. So, like, where we would go on YouTube or, like, Google an article, they'll look it up on TikTok. That's so dangerous. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about YouTube. I mean, yeah, but at least YouTube... I mean, at least they're American. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube and Google have a little bit more of a verification system. Eh. Because... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd, like... I, my problem is like I, I don't know I, I I've used TikTok like very sparingly. Um, 
I like I've said before, I, I there there is like funny stuff on there. There's like informative stuff, but a lot of the stuff I've seen, I really don't like the very cliche, stereotypical like TikTok. Let me tell you this voice where it's like kind of smug and like cutesy, and it just feels very unnatural <laughs> and like smug and cutesy. Wow. Yeah, I just the, don't. The, I don't to, like it. to get the tone in writing. Wendy's Twitter. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Well, yeah, it is sort of like that. Yeah. It's the literal tone that James is talking about. It is. It's very like I'm a brand trying to be uh relatable. relatable. But I'm still trying to preserve like my status as a brand, so I can't actually say anything, but I'm going to try and make it look like I am. Like I'm simulating real real speech but i'm not actually if you look at it engaging in it and like it i mean i don't know if tiktok is like a place where everyone is like kind of conducting themselves as a brand would and yeah um which is horrifying uh because it's truly uh what <laughs> what one little bald french philosopher back in the mid 20th century mr foucault would have called a panopticon uh, and it is terrifying. Um, it's really interesting. It's like Twitter, everybody pretends to be a person, even if they're a brand. TikTok, everybody pretends to be a brand, even if they're a person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, we really are living in Blade Runner. This is this yeah. is given purpose. <laughs> we sure are. Can finally justify buying that $2,000 coat that Ryan Gosling wears. I can't wait. Um, Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. All right. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who'd like to start? I have one prepped. Go for it. For, for once. Um, mine for this week is the movie Gone Girl, released uh -huh. in 2014. What is and it about? It is based on a book by Gillian Flynn. Um, I think I knew that. Where this guy gets home one day and his wife's just gone. Oh. that's gone girl um and then like most of the movie is figuring out what happened and you get a little bit of his perspective a little bit of her perspective they're both unreliable narrators okay so it's just like watching all that play out Interesting. and i can't say too much more without giving away like all the meat of the movie yeah but it is very captivating I like me um, an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Highly recommend. Because, like, you, you play it straight for a bit, and then, like, something happens where, like, wait, can we trust anything of what the husband has been saying this whole time? And then the same thing happens to the wife. And it's like, wait, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So. Movie is, uh, I really like that movie. Um, Who the leads? Really well done, Eric. Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck. Oh, it's a Ben Affleck vehicle. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a whole Batmobile. <laughs> right here. Batmobile. An Affleckle. Affleckical. That's like, as I think the industry term is, you tried. actually. You tried, but you didn't stick the landing. Unlike Ben Affleck's Batman, who has many vehicles <laughs> that can stick landings. Affleckical? That's what they called. And that's the that's the Hollywood term. No, it's a James. Town no. Verbage for... Any movie with Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> Good Will uh, Hunting? Great Affleckical. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, you got uh, okay. me turned around on it. I like a flecker <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very good movie. Kind of long. It's two and a half hours long. Um, okay. And the only place I could watch it was on Prime Video with renting it. So. Oh. Can I ask uh, a couple questions? Yes. So, um, was this your first time watching it? And um, I guess uh, what compelled you to watch it? Um, yes, it was. And it's one of my friends from college and his favorite movies. Um, so I finally had a, um, night where I wanted to watch a movie and I was like, Hey, she recommended this. I'll go check it out. And nice. it was very good. It's awesome. Cool. Uh, James, you got something or should I go? Uh, you can go. I'll go last. All right. I'm going to recommend the latest Marvel movie. Oh boy. Who saw that coming? Uh, Wakanda I Forever. I saw the movie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wakanda uh, Forever. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It was two hours and 40 minutes. Um, it was? It was. Uh, I only knew that like literally just before I went in. And the only reason it felt that long is because the theater I was at had the heat on. And they had it on too high and I was, was getting heat exhaustion. Just sitting there. Like... My butt, the my friend next to me had a water bottle on the back of his neck, and I was sitting there in the seat with my jacket off, like swaying back and forth a little bit. I was like, "Oh, that's well, kind of hot in here. This isn't good." <clears throat> um, luckily, LP was the hero we needed. He is friends with he was friends with some of the employees and like texted them like, "Hey, you need to turn this heat down. People are having a bad time," and they <laughs> turned it down, and everybody sure there was much rejoicing. You Much sure that wasn't it. like there? There wasn't. It wasn't like one of those 4D theaters, you know, no. where they really you feel like you were in Wakanda. If it was 4D <laughs> when they went to King Namor's underwater city, it, we would have just been drowned. <laughs> Boilers. <laughs> it really makes you feel like you're in Africa. Um. <laughs> wow. um, oh, mercy! <laughs> honestly, though, like it's one of the top three movies since. One of the top three movies after Endgame. Um, it dealt with a lot of really a lot of heavy themes with a lot of interesting little like tie-ins to the theme, and the only real like I would I don't know what I would have cut. You know, like it's a long movie, but I don't know what I would have cut. Um, the one like serious drawback really is CGI. There was just a few instances where the CGI just didn't cut it. It came across as a little too cartoony. Okay. Where would you say that was? Um, uh, or is it too spoiler heavy? <laughs> it technically would be spoiler, but the I don't know that the character being included is technically a spoiler. It's kind of that like there there is a character with a suit of armor that is very much like Iron Man's. Um, but the suit, the suit looks good until you put it alongside any, like, humans. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes a little too, like... It's a little shiny. Just a little too shiny, a little too clean. Yeah. I... Uh... But the underwater stuff they did was great. Like, they really yeah. nailed it with all that part, so... If there was anything you could cut... Um, and minor spoilers for Wakanda Forever here. It was probably the Ironheart character. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, she, I mean, she, they worked her in fine, but they absolutely didn't need to have her in the story for it to make sense. Um, they could have just found some other catalyst for Namor's yeah. nation to be involved with Wakanda. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. But, A big thing for I me mean, going in was with all literally all the other Marvel stuff, I knew the characters to some degree, right? Like, even the Eternals, I kind of knew. Shang-Chi, I'd read some of the stuff when he was crossing over with, like, Spider-Man and Daredevil. So I knew of him. Um, but, like, Shuri and Ironheart, they were, it was all basically characters that I didn't have comic backstory on. The only character I knew going in was Namor. So it was <laughs> like, hell yeah, give me the Atlantean with the little wings on his feet. Nope. Yeah. It's Yucatan with wings on his feet now. I mean, he's technically Atlantean, they just didn't call it Atlantis. <laughs> I also like how they maybe implied that the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was made out of vibranium. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought they include introduced and included Namor in a really good way. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of yeah, just watch the film and see what you can notice about like theme <clears throat> and how they tie that theme into as many aspects of the movie as possible. Um, because there was one thing where like we were standing outside the theater talking, and my friend was like, "Oh." Did you notice this thing about this one place? And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Wakanda you, forever. No. <laughs> Did you know that Elaine from Seinfeld's in it? As Elaine from Seinfeld? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. No, she's not. <laughs> what? She's uh, like, she's in it, but she's like some CIA director. Oh, Perfect. Which, oh, it was man. nice to finally, like, figure out who the heck she is after her appearing in a bunch Allegra of the shows. Allegra de Fontaine? Yeah. Ron loves a little bit of Julie. Julia. And, uh, spoiler alert, but they announced it at D23 this year, Thunderbolts movie is coming. What is that? Uh, I don't Thunder- care. Thunderbolts was a in the comics originally a team of supervillains pretending to be superheroes uh, mm-hmm. to try and get fame and power and notoriety uh, led by Baron Zemo whose his hero identity was Citizen V with a very like American motif he was their Captain America and yeah. then but literally when like it came time to enact his plan the other villains looked around and they're like oh we actually kind of like being heroes, so we're just going to keep doing this. So they stopped him. Um, and on and off, the team has been, like, criminals or borderline criminals being managed by somebody who's actually heroic. So, like, right now, the current iteration in the comics is a bunch of B-tier, no-lister hero-slash-sometimes-villains being run by Hawkeye. Uh, oh. The movie lineup that they announced is... Uh, Florence Pugh's character, uh, Yelena, um, U.S. agent, Bucky, I think Zemo, uh, no, maybe they didn't announce Zemo. Hey, hey, he's Task been Master. in some fan-made ones, at least. Yeah. I don't so, know how they're 
They've got like three yeah. different super soldiers and two Black Widows. I don't know how they're ever gonna like write in Bucky and John Carpenter working together, or whatever his name was. I imagine Bucky's probably gonna be the one trying to like helm the team and be the moral compass. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I said I didn't care. No, I'm no, sure you're all good. <laughs> I, I understand Marvel fatigue is a thing. I, yeah, Why I just did have no attachment to these characters. <laughs> How did this one stand out for you, RJ, amongst the Phase 3 films so far? Or the properties in general? I think the reason it stood out to me was because of, A, it had a very um, clear theme that also made it a point to re... It was a revisit of the same theme from the Black, first Black Panther, right? That, like, it's still playing with the theme of colonization and the experiences of people who get colonized, but in Black Panther, the question was what is the stance of colonization like and like how should Wakanda be reacting to the peoples who got colonized and supporting them and T'Challa on one side of non-intervention and then when he realized no we need to intervene intervention through support and research and aid and net positive putting things into the community whereas um uh Killmonger Eric, he, his method was, we're going to take, we're going to arm them, and we're going to take back and be the power, and be the oppressor. Um, in this one, instead of doing redoing that, it takes the colonization aspect and turns it a little bit to examine the differences in colonization on different areas of the planet, and what it looks like when there's the threat of colonization again. Um, and like how the, just like the fear of being colonized can pit two people against each other when they're both afraid of the same thing. Okay. So this one has some kind of like ideological or like thematic underpinning to A it. A lot to of agree. ideological thematic underpinnings that I think just, they did very well with more so compared to say Eternals. Cool. Yeah. That's my record. Yeah, I definitely, definitely thought it was the most, like, lucid is the word when it's coherent. Yeah. Yeah. The other movies just kind of felt like a series of things happening because somebody wanted to make a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thor and Doctor Strange both felt that way to me. Yeah, Thor was rough. Um, but I thought this one was very narratively consistent. Um, and Letitia Wright right yeah. that's who plays sherry she did a really good job like yeah the sherry as a character was amazing in this movie so what do you got james let me think here i've got a couple um i will say i'm gonna do i'm gonna do bob dylan um Oh. Kind of a kind of a basic wreck. Um, I think <laughs> most most people have probably heard of him, at least in this Ooh. country and their culture. Bob, Bobby Dylan. You're gonna do from, what to Bob Dylan? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna congratulate him huh. on his wonderful songwriting ability, and I even don't mind his singing. Uh, quite frankly, I find it uh, unique. And quirky and it's so well not quirk quirky's not the right words uh i don't know it's enjoyable to listen to but 
Anyone who does not know. He's not like <clears throat> the other musicians. He's he's different. He's your manic sexy <laughs> dream boy from 1962. Um he uh yeah, Bob for anyone who might not know, you know, Bob Dylan is uh is or was like a still is a, a an incredibly famous like American uh music icon uh, he got really famous um when he started out young and he would write a bunch of like folk did a bunch of folk songs and he slowly progressed to become sort of a an incredibly influential figure because of his really really well-written songs um with incredibly vivid imagery and lyrics um as well as his sort of unique uh vocal style plus his ability to sort of like reinvent himself. And I'm not super far along in his discography, but this is the first time I've listened to it uh, anyway through. <clears throat> and I find myself enjoying it. Um, talking to my dad about it earlier this morning, and I, I said I felt like it was good, but it felt a little bit put on. It's a little bit like Bob was kind of, kind of, sort of, like he was he was singing like a folk singer, but he wasn't quite a folk singer. Um, I, I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to retract that. But I said, I, I really like, are you afraid Mr. Dylan will be coming uh, after you? I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Um, I would love a conversation, even if it's in just the exchange of legal documents describing the lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Dylan's lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> no, he, he's, he's. I do think he embodies something sort of folkish in almost a modern sense. Uh, he and his lyrics are really genuinely well written. Um, and it's like such a cliche to talk about him like that, but it is so true. It's one of those things where it's like, you're how beautiful like Paris is or New York or even Chicago or any city or think of anything you've heard before. Uh, where it's like, oh my god, like this is so amazing, and you're like, yeah, 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 I know, and then you actually like go there, or you listen to it, or you see it, or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, they were right, this is pretty good. I hate to admit that they were right, not hate it. It's just like thought it couldn't be as good as it is, and it's, it won't ever be as good as the expectation, really. But I can see why people really like this, and I kind of like it too. It's kind of how I feel about Bob Dylan. So. I would recommend at least listening to probably the first two or three albums of his uh, are again, pretty folksy. So it's mainly acoustic stuff. He does transition electric uh, as he goes through his albums. Um, there's a big controversy at the time, but yeah, I really enjoy uh, uh, Mr. Bob Dylan. And I would recommend that if you have not listened to him, you give him a shot as you might just find something like nice i realized i had need to listen to some bob dylan because you kept saying bob dylan things and i kept my brain kept saying ah yes bob seeger music yeah yes of course bob seeger night moves i feel like i always night get moves. bob seeger bob dylan and the wind. Um, billy joel mixed up oh, really? for me it was always, it was bob dylan and bruce springsteen for some reason for me i don't know oh why. yeah that That's too fair same a lot, a lot of those kind of i don't know why it's like all their names kind of sound the same i don't know why um but yeah yeah so that's i think they all occupy pretty like close places in people's minds too so mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they're all kind of around the same that same era. Um, though I, I they're kind of all to a degree relatively different in their own right. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like Billy Joel's got a very specific like East Coast living up, growing up on the East Coast. Here are all the problems we lived with. Isn't he known though for being like more so than most like incredibly versatile? Like I've never listened to Billy Joel like all the way through. Even like uh, I've never made a concerted effort to listen to his discography. Or isn't he known for being like each album is different? And um, I honestly don't know, but I know he's got some pretty varied like themes and can kind of shift moods and tones in his writing. Because like River of Dreams is a song literally all about dreaming and as he dreams he walks down to the river and is looking for something like that's that's the song compared to um oh god what is the song there one of his songs is uh literally all about being a boat captain and how he like you can't make a living in the bay as a fisherman and you have to keep going, like, further and further out, longer longer trips. Everybody else is turning it in and going home. But he just can't, because that's what he is. Huh. And then, of course, Piano Man. Yeah, that is a classic. Uh, he a classic. Also, like, he's got a, the Ballad of Billy the Kid, <laughs> which is literally a song about Billy the Kid. But it ends with a switch on the main um on the refrain because the refrain's all about like billy the kid with a six pat with a six gun in his hand and it switches in the last go of the refrain from being like with a six gun in his hand to a six pack in his hand and it's all about like a modern quote-unquote modern billy the kid just some kind of lone rebel-y individual with a pack of beer in his hand So, yeah. Neat. Shall we do yeah. some uh, advice? Let's freaking do it, dude. <laughs> Let's get down dirty. Our next segment is How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question, what percentage of the news do you reckon you get from social media versus direct platforms? Hmm. Um, ninety-eight percent. I'd say you know, seventy, seventy to eighty, maybe. I gotta say sixty forty, but only because my phone's got this neat tab where if I just swipe to the the left all the way, it gives me a Google feed of here's a bunch of news articles. Mm-hmm. And most of it's just pop culture news, but there's some actual news in there sometimes. Just gives me a news fade. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Love them news feeds. Yeah, yeah. I used to have one of those. I got me a news feed. Um, and I started jogging in the mornings at the nearest gym, and the running machine, uh, the treadmill I like to use is right in front of the TV that's got the news going, so. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that yeah. is nice. I, I usually want what my, because I don't like, honestly, Usually what happens is I'll stumble across something. Platforms I'll probably stumble across something on. Um, either like Instagram, maybe Facebook, but very rarely. Um, Reddit, 
or still a little bit 4chan, but usually I will go to like Google and I will look it up or I'll do like Google News and see if I like sometimes I go through Google News as well. Um, just just anyway, just to like see what's going on, like read headlines, maybe read a few articles, but yeah, that's, that's about it for me. It's so hard. Like, can I ask, how do you guys like, how do you guys, um, I don't know how to ask this question. How, how do you guys like actually ingest your news? Like, how do you actually like, how much of you is like, are you ever thinking like, how much of this is actually like real? I don't know I, like how to say this without being sounding crazy like how much of this is actually real like how do i know what i'm getting isn't just like yeah or like or you know or... you're not getting 1984 oh yeah so exactly the, like how do you know i've got the reverse problem where <laughs> i worry sometimes i'm putting too much into it of like literally just the other day i saw a news article pop up about bill gates buying up farmland and some farmer who refused to sell and was like, yeah, Mr. Gates knows no, has no idea about, like, sustainable farming and sustainability when it comes to farm management and, like, crop rotations and things like that. So, like, I'm not, as a farmer, I wouldn't go in and tell Mr. Gates how to run his business, He, but if he ever wants to actually learn how to do this, I'm more than happy to help him. And, <clears throat> like, apparently, it implied there was, like, a soybean something rotation, and I was like, ah, fuck, this is just like Atlas Shrug predicted where the farms all switch to doing soybeans, and then the soybean crop fails and America starves. Because <laughs> people who don't know anything about farming getting into it. And so, like, there will sometimes be stuff like that where it's like, okay, take a step back. This is one news article. This is not... Atlas Shrugged was not a prophetized <laughs> prophecy prediction. It was a book to highlight some issues, a woman who lived under communist Russia saw in America that does, that doesn't mean it's going to actually happen. It's a book. It's a work of fiction. Uh, when Bill Gates gets involved with them soybeans, you never know what can quite happen, yeah? <laughs> that's true. So I think that's in <clears throat> plenty of Farmer's Almanacs. Uh, <laughs> and it's been that way for quite some the time. The Farmer's Al <laughs> Almanac from 1874. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2022, <laughs> the man Gates will be involved in the soybean. Do not allow this. <laughs> the Dark Lord Gates will come and mess with the soybean balance. In the year of our Lord, 2022, the gates will be opened and the bean crop will be withered. Just gonna Nostradamus the heck out of this. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Doomsday soybeans. So, like, I think you're on the, the right... New band. I think you're on the right, James, for, like, worrying about how accurate news is and, like, if it's real or not. Especially with how far things get spun these days. And how desperate everybody is for that advertising money. But... I, I don't think it's time to worry too much about it yet. But that's the other thing, too, is, like, like you're describing, I have that, like, I have that thought where I'm, like... Mm, am I getting, like, psyoped right now? But I'm also like, what yes. kind of person, what kind of person thinks that they're reading a news article? And I'm like, is it wrong to think that? Should I have thought it in the first place? Why do I even care? I thought I was just reading a news article. Why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> that's the real psyop. Those are the critical thinking skills people claim you need. <laughs> is this real? 
<laughs> so-called experts. <laughs> so-called experts want to tell me how to run my government? How to I run my brain? So. I, was, I reminded myself the other day of how they measure expertise. Do you guys know how? Ruler. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, one of the few ways researchers have to measure expertise is through chess. Uh, so few other, so few skills are quantified in how to measure expertise in it beyond chess, uh, but they used chess to realize like what the, in what the knowledge gap is between the average person and a master. And they found that the difference in chess skill and ability between your average, like four or five year old and average adult is the same gap between your average adult and the average chess master. Oh. Yeah. So, like, when someone's an expert in a field, there's the same gap between their knowledge and yours as between your knowledge on something and a four-year-old's. Oh, but that's yeah, I would so, say that makes sense. It does. How do you, like, how do you quantify that, though, for something like the arts? You know what I mean? Like, how do you... How do you mean? I would have criteria for that, but, like... Well, it's not, guess, the, like, how... it's not necessarily the measurement of, like... It was just a measurement in what what it means to be an expert, right? To be a master. And so, like, yeah, you can have an average person who puts out a really good art piece or makes a new connection in the world of science or has a thought in politics where it's like, oh, no one else had that thought yet or did that thing yet or created that piece yet, and you happen to hit on it really good. That's called being a savant or a genius. The, The entire term idiot savant is for that person who's a moron but has the idea that, like, Ah, oh, fuck, none of us thought of that. If it's stupid, but it works, it ain't stupid. Exactly. That's okay. for sure. It's also a generalized <laughs> rule of thought, like, generalized kind of thing of, like, okay, yeah, art, you can't just, like, measure it. That's why they measured chess, to figure out, like, what the experience gap is. Um, So with art, like, yeah, <clears throat> I can put art on a canvas, but I don't know the theory behind it and the reasoning behind it and, like, oh, if you use these colors with this in this lighted room, the lighting of the room is going to impact your painting and how you're painting it. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, if you didn't understand what percentage of our news we get from that, uh, too bad. We said it blatantly. (laughs) Yeah. Our next question, and one I'm actually really interested to get your guys' take on. Uh, my dad says you should always wear a watch when dressing formal. The question asker, not mine. Uh, my dad says you should always wear a watch when dressing formal. Do you agree, or is my dad being weird? With further details, a week or so ago, I went to a wedding and wore a suit slash tie for the first time. Before the wedding, my dad said it was time for me to get a watch, so we went and picked out a watch. I have never worn one before, and I can't say I found it comfortable. But my dad said I should get in the habit of wearing a watch when I dress up. He said it's more subtle to just be able to check that versus your phone, and you should always wear a watch for a job interview. Do others agree? So uh, wearing a watch, what do we think? I would agree on it's classier than checking your phone. Okay. Or at least more subtle. I mean, like, you can, if you're wearing, like, a suit coat or something, you can just pop it out of your breast pocket and stick it back in your breast pocket. Like, that's not a big deal. Um, and, yeah. It is a somewhat of a signal for a job interview, yeah. 
like, oh, this person's going to be punctual. Because you definitely don't want to be pulling out your phone during one of those. Oh, but it can also read as uh, somewhat, perhaps over-affluent or sort of pretentious. Yeah, it depends, depends on the context watch. for sure. It does it depends on the watch and the context? Um, and I think if you you can wear anything with the right attitude, I know that's very corny, but I do think it's true. Um, yeah. So, I I think. Uh, agree it's like really corny or hokey to pull from this but there's a that show called succession and in it <laughs> character gets a watch given to him by another character and the the guy who's acting as the the watch salesman the intermediary um the guy who's buying the watch the guy who's buying the watch is like i don't know if i can afford this and blah 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 like why can't i just check my phone and the one guy, and he's supposed to be kind of like a sleazy, like yuppie, like Wall Street type salesman guy. He does have something that I think is interesting where he's like, uh, dude, dude, like every janitor in America has a phone. This watch is, he says it's like, this watch is like a Picasso. And despite the uh, kind of uh, douchiness dripping from that, from that phrase, I think the sentiment is accurate where like a watch, a phone is a mass produced object. A truly well-made watch is like a work of art um, because it hmm. ideally, and we're talking about a really, really, yeah. really nice watch. Like It has been handmade, handcrafted. It is a one of a kind piece that though there may be others of its kind made. It is the only one like it. So same like general style but no precise similarity exactly all the like all the p like that's what being a like a watchmaker is kind of, i think is kind of regarded as one of those like intersections between being an engineer and an artist yeah because while they have a functional device there is an artistry to it and it does become emblematic of its wearer um so yeah, I, I think, like, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think, like, um, you should hold on to a watch either for sentimental value. Like, it sounds like if, if your dad goes out and gets you one, like, you hold on. You, that's one you can definitely wear. Or if it's one that you, like, after you've saved up quite a bit, you can get and you know that it's been, like, specially made to your kind of liking. And it is this kind of unique piece uh, that you are, like, this is, like, me. Uh, this you know, people are going to say, like, oh, that's kind of cringy to identify yourself with a watch. I mean, maybe in a sense, but I, I think the idea of, like, it's almost kind of romantic, in a way. So, yeah. I would say, uh, I think I agree with both John and James here. The one thing I would say is if you're going to insist on not wearing the watch and have the phone, you need to be able to have a stylistic way to put your phone back in your pocket. You don't want to be fumbling. You don't want to make it, like, a really awkward thing. So you got to make sure your jacket is unbuttoned. And push back a little bit like you're a cowboy about to pull your revolver when you take it out. And when you put it away, you gotta take it, spin it in your hand, and then slot it, slide it right back in your pocket. Again, like a cowboy holstering a revolver. You should do exactly it's gotta be that, one actually. smooth motion. You, you shouldn't have to think uh, about it or fumble about putting it away. It should just happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually love that. <laughs> yeah. It's not as classy as a watch. But it will make you seem more competent and more dexterous and put together. Uh, time it right. 
as a hawk goes overhead and like screeches or something. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, do it. Nice. I actually love that. Our next question, speaking of uh, putting phones away in your pockets. Men, what's on your left pocket? With the further details, edit. I meant in. No on. I was a big high when I posted it. That is a string of sentences there. So what's in your um, left pocket? Khakis. Khakis. I keep almost nothing in my left I don't have anything in my left pocket right now. Um, I usually put my wallet there, actually. Really? Yeah, I my will... left front. I will put my wallet in my left pocket if I'm not comfortable having it in a back pocket. Oh, man. I'm oh. weird, then. I'm the weird one. Phone is the left pocket. Nope. Really? You're right-handed, you... too, aren't you? Yeah. You're right-handed, right? I'm right-handed. Phone is the left pocket. And oh, you're a cross-body drawer. Because my keys are what I need to pull out to, like, open doors and things, so I need to get my keys with my right hand. Interesting. But I can pull my phone out and hold it with my left hand and, like, tap on it with my right. Mmm, okay, that's fair. Oh, that's... I can see how that works, yeah. It's the same reason why, like, I... When I do wear watches, I prefer to wear them on my right wrist. That makes sense, though. No, you're supposed to wear it on your opposite wrist. Really? Yeah, so that you can do whatever you're doing with your dominant hand and then look at your watch. So, like, if you're writing something, you can check your watch without having to turn your hand. See... See, this is the ambidextrous agenda. Forget the liberal agenda. Forget the conservative agenda. This is the ambidextrous agenda. This is big left hand. Big Part left hand out here trying to normalize left handedness. Yeah. Um, tell me what to do. Alright. I think we should get a bunch of trains. No, just kidding. Get a bunch of trolleys. We should get a bunch of trolleys. Tie an arbitrary number of people to the tracks and then force yeah. people to make decisions. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they have untied. Uh, they have to use their right hand. All right. And um, Did you know that's even though they're that. What? Somebody, the, the guys who created the webcomic Cyanide and Happiness made Trolley Problem the game where you lay out cards and have to decide which way the trolley goes. Oh, right. Forgot <laughs> about that. that. That was being referenced. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, they that. did an entire set of videos leading up to it. There's skits of like Trolley Tom having to make decisions on which one gets run over, and everybody got to vote on who gets run over. I'm pretty sure Santa died. Oh. Yeah. There's a podcast idea. Just argue for your position in the trolley problem. Just of varying trolley absurd problems. scenarios. Yep. Yeah. What is the main one? It's like it either kills one person or three. Yeah. Yeah. One person or like between three and five. It's like, what's the utility of one life versus five? And then that's when the permeations begin of, ah, oh, but the one is someone you know and care about. Or instead of pulling a lever, you have to push a fat man onto the tracks to stop the train. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I've not heard of that one. Oh, that you is, didn't hear about that one? That one's supposed to that be the, impo- the the variant of the more human element, where you pulling a lever is pulling a lever. That's that's not a human action. 
but you can stop the train, but you are directly actively sacrificing. So instead of it being like one person on one track and five people on another, it's just five people on the track, but you can push this one really overweight dude onto the track and stop the train. So do you kill the one guy and make it a more active murder to save the other five? I don't know. I I don't know if I entirely agree. Like, I think it's, I guess it's more active in the sense that you're like, by degrees you're closer to it. I don't, it doesn't make it any less of a murder, right? Like, it, but like, it's the, it's the levels of separation, right? It's the same. It's a slightly similar thing to like in world war two when they were doing all the trials afterwards and people were like, I was just following orders. It's like, okay, yeah, you were following orders and sitting in this control room, but people were still dying. And then it becomes like, okay, the difference between pulling the lever, which does not involve the direct human contact, or pushing the person, and it's a very deliberate direct, this person is in front of me, and I'm going to do the action that kills them and feel that as I push them over. In the trolley problem originally, does it say which which group is going to be hit if you don't switch the lever? First. The five. Doesn't that create sort of a... Could there be an argument for bias in that? Um, There could be, but I don't know that that's necessarily the point of the problem, isn't it? Because the point of the problem is to ask, what do you weigh out more? And theoretically, what is the difference? If, what I mean, what would you say the difference is if it's going for the one first? Like, it's on track to kill one person, but if you pull the lever, five people die. I guess it's like, it's just the implication that um, if you, like, one involves doing nothing, which is murder by inaction, whereas the other is an active... Like, it, despite you still pulling the lever and there being those degrees of separation, the other is an active sort of murder. One is going to happen whether, like, whether or not, like, if you do nothing, if you did nothing, one is going to happen. Whereas, True. like, but I think right? the, I, I, but I, I would posit that that's not the point of the question, though. The point of the question is, the end goal of the question is, what's more valuable, one life or five lives? Yeah, like a single life or the life of like a group, basically a mass. Hmm. And how you get and how like you get there and what influences your decision are the surrounding aspects of the problem itself and why it's crouched in the uh dressing of being a trolley with five people tied up on it and a dude standing off to the side twirling his evil mustache. Man. I think I would I think I would I think I would let it hit the group. <laughs> I think I would. I think I think the five. They're all strangers. Five, yeah, everyone's a stranger, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it hits the group. Why? Um, I mean, at least they have people next to them before they go. Right? Wow. Like a person won't have anything, and I think like um, I think. So death is fine as long as you have other people to die with you. Well, death death should be fine regardless of what state you're in. I'm not saying you don't have to accept it, but it's it's a it's death it's a permanent inevitable. state. Yeah, I mean it's a state that we all live with existentially uh, every day. Whether you die in your bed of old age, surrounded by loved ones, or tied up on some train tracks to be run over by a trolley, it's, there's no difference there. Yeah, and I I think too like 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, well, no, okay, all right. You got me, you got me, almost fucking steamrolled that one. <laughs> no, all right. Um, yeah, no, like you I mean, trolleyed that one. Haha, hi, that's good. That that's wasn't, good. I don't okay. understand it. I thought it was. Um, I want to go, I, I think, I don't know. Um, I, I I just think like it's uh it it's I mean this is the difficulty with the problem right is it kind of yeah. it's kind of like personal preference like that's really what it's like meeting out and it's asking you to examine I guess like what your individual values are I guess to degree whatever arbitrary reason I I I value an individual more than I value group I think there's more potential with just one person than there is with a mass of people interesting interesting see and i i tend to flip-flop based on the layer learn like the levels like save the five when it's all strangers all identical the minute mm-hmm. someone i know is involved i save the person i know oh. and if it becomes all strangers again but the one is a kid save the kid what about the mate what about the original problem the five and the one i'd save the oh. five well, you gotta save the horse, ride the cowboy, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, dude. <laughs> save, a horse, save a cowboy, ride a trolley. <laughs> save a cowboy, ride a trolley. Episode title. Um... <laughs> hey, look, some people are really into trolleys, okay? they got If a woman can get married to the Eiffel Tower, and another woman can get married to the, like, swinging boat ride at the carnival... Someone could get married to a trolley and ride a trolley. You see that video? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> How did we even get on the trolley problem again? I know it's my fault, but I know the question we're answering is what's in your left pocket. So <laughs> I don't remember how we got there. What's in your left pocket? The trolley problem. <laughs> Moral dilemmas are what are in my left pocket. It's left handedness. Wow. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. The left handed yeah. agenda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall we do one more? Let's do one more. Alright. Um. <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna go with this one, just because I want compliments. Uh, do you like when other men compliment your beard? With the further details, it creeps me out personally, lol. RJ, you have a nice beard. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, RJ, you look like, um... I told you before, you look like, uh, like a cowboy prospector. A little bit of like Rasputin mixed in there, you know what I mean? It's like a pretty. Is it no? It's a very. um... Are you implying I'm drugging the Russian royal family? Are you you? not? Well, not if you aren't. (laughs) Wait a minute! (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute! Are we all drugging the Russian royal family? Oh, you rascals! (laughs) Ah, damn it! I thought we agreed to all take different royals. I, the CIA has really got to get their fucking bureaucracy straightened out because it keeps happening. Okay, I've been, I've been using the opium. What have you guys been using? Oh no, I've just been feeding them cheese. <laughs> You're using cheese? Yeah, Words dude, for like, mice. Yeah, like old French cheese. You know, like they really, they, it's, it's not good, and they it's, don't, they don't like that it's, stuff. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I call 
really just moldy. It's really just moldy, but I call it French cheese, and they they scarf that they scarf that shit down. They haven't died from it yet, but so I've been feeding the Russian royal family opium to try and brainwash them. You're feeding them moldy cheese, John. What have you been feeding them? Um, Western propaganda. Okay, so two out of oh, three yeah. are valid uses. I I don't know where James <laughs> got the cheese from. It's canceling out the opium, unfortunately. That explains a lot. Did you know yeah. that cheese cheese activates the same receptors in your brain that heroin does? Good. <laughs> that explains Wisconsin. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> Call us the pushers. <laughs> Shadow pushers. <laughs> hey man. I hear you got some uh, I hear you dealing cheese. You got some uh you got some Gorgonzola back there? You got some you got some Northwoods orange? Got any pepper jack? Some... Pepper Jack. Me. Look, I'll take a. I'll just take a bag of shredded man. I just need a fix. Yeah, he's fucking scratches. You got a dime baggie. Of sh- you got a dime baggie. A shredded, uh, shredded Mexican. <laughs> shredded Mexican. Oh, you mean the cheese? Yeah, oh, yeah, the cheese, yeah. cheese. You know, yes, or, yes. I'll take yes. an Italian blend as well. Like whatever you got, man. The cheese. Right. Cheese. Right. <laughs> Look, my I work, had a line I, I work real fresh jobs. Parmesan. Armesian, you mean? That's actually how it's pronounced in your your your. I mean, what the fuck do you know about cheese? Why well, know about cheese? I was I was born in the cheese, molded by. <laughs> All right, you party motherfucker. I didn't see almond milk until I was nearly mad. That's pretty good. Good job, me. (laughs) Good job, James. Cell five. (laughs) I do, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I don't, like... I have had other men compliment my beard. Literally just today, I was sitting waiting for like a meeting with my boss next to one of my coworkers who also has facial hair. And a third coworker walked up who also has facial hair. And he's just like, what up, beard bros? And I was like, yeah. I've been, I've been growing some... I've been growing my facial hair out for about three weeks now, almost. Um, and it's like, I don't really have a beard... But it's definitely noticeable, and I do have people, like, mention it, but I feel, like, I'm very self-conscious about it, because I don't, I kind of look like a divorced dad who's figuring it all out, you know what I mean? So, Uh, I feel like, yeah, it's like, it's like kind of scrag, it's kind of scraggly or scruffy. You gotta hold with it. Hold firm, hold fast. uh, Like, r slash Wall Street Bet says, you gotta hold. Bye, James, bye. Bye. Well, if they don't turn the button off. <laughs> yeah. Robin doesn't come in and shave my beard off. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. Not today. Sorry, my friend. You need a net worth of at least two billion to have a beard, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Shit. What do you think this stuff grows on trees? No one tell Robin Fuck Hood that you. I have a beard. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, that guy's got a come. beard. And Cold. he's not even worth two million. We have to give him his two billion dollars. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> know. Doesn't know. Yeah, Just a we'll Swiss bank account waiting yeah. for every man with a beard. Yeah. 
<laughs> if they can oh. find the uh, right key codes to access it, the money's theirs. Uh, you need, um, yeah, it's like a, one of those things in like a Mission Impossible style movie where you gotta put your face in and it scans you. It's just the beard, Just the beard. It's like yeah. one of those like handprint identifiers like you stick your hand in, but instead you just have to put your beard in. Yeah, exactly. Smash your face against a panel on the wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, compliments though. Just take the compliment. They're just being nice. Take the compliment. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like if somebody yeah. compliments you on having a nice shirt. Like, just they're just being cool. nice. Cool things. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I grew it myself. <laughs> the shirt, not the beard. <laughs> Wrote myself. <laughs> All right, John James, thank you for joining this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song "Living in the Moment" off the album "Cross Off." Yesterday, you can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Make sure you're leaving ratings and reviews. Boost those numbers, share it with share the shows around, share it on your social medias, such as Facebook, Better Buddies, where we post our meme Mondays, and our icebreaker questions for you to answer. Had a great answer already this week from one J last name withheld. Uh, J writes, if I can pull it up on time. Um, J last name withheld writes that the technology ruining the future is AI robots. They're going to make us all lazy and comfortable. And we've all seen the movies. We know what happens next. And green is robots. Ben, brother. <laughs> uh, so that's our Facebook, Better Buddies. Our Twitter account is at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And add us, you know, we'd like to interact. Uh, we'll get the emails. Speaking of, our email account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last, but not least, be a better buddy. Should we uh, oh. start the show? Not bright note. <laughs> Never. Boy, howdy. That was uh, Boy, howdy. James, say something funny. Say something um, funny for the end stinger, James. Uh, let's think here. Oh, too late! Um, I already did. It's your name. What? Oh, dude, you got me. How'd you Get do that? Got nerd. Have you done improv? We bully nerds on this podcast. That's rude, RJ. I'm gonna find you. I'm in the state. I can oh, walk. Shit. I could theoretically walk to where you are right now. Would um, you want to? Fucking <laughs> Freddy style. Uh, <laughs> No, not for Jason, yeah. Uh, what I want to... Dreams. Yeah. Surprise, bitch! <laughs> I think the answer you're looking for is no, you wouldn't. You'd get lost in the uh, back roads when you're walking by foot. That's like a two-day hike. Yeah, wouldn't it be, it'd be kind of pretty, though. Kind of paying, paying a visit to a friend. 